Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. In Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. I want to begin by drawing your attention to something be- before that, before the 23 in Jesus. And that we saw in Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. This was two messages ago. We covered this. And it says there in verse 21 and 22, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. Now, of course, this is a beautiful verse and a lot there to unpack, but we're not going to unpack that since we did a couple messages ago. But what I do want to draw your attention to is the significance of this baptism and the timing of the baptism. Baptism, among other things, represents a death and a burial, right? When we are a Christian, we die to the world, we die to who we were, and we are baptized as a representation of being buried with Christ the resurrection as we come up out of the water to walk in newness of life. And and so Jesus wasn't being baptized like the others who were gathering there. Of course, John was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. And so he was calling people to repentance. And they were coming to the Jordan River to be baptized for repentance of sin, but Jesus was not being baptized for that reason. And this has confused us, a lot of us, for years. Why was Jesus baptized? And the reason that Jesus was baptized, and he said to fulfill all righteousness, but this was a transition for Jesus, as we all well know. Remember, it was just a couple days before that John the Baptist pointed him out and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And then Jesus comes to him, and John even protested, knowing he's the sinner. You should baptize me. And Jesus insisted that he baptize him, not for for righteousness, that he would become righteous, but as a transitionary point in his life. You see, Jesus had grown up in Nazareth as a carpenter and all these things, and he was baptizing him, John was baptizing him as a death to everything that he'd been up to that point, and as a resurrection, in a sense, of who he was going to become. No longer the son of Mary and Joseph, the carpenter, the Nazarite, or the the man from Nazareth, but now the Savior, the Messiah, the one who was going to head to the cross, and it was from that moment on that Jesus' face was set like flint to his mission to die for the sins of mankind and become the Savior of the world. When studying the Bible, we find water is often a significant transition for God's people. Now, you think about the children of Israel as they left Egypt being a type of the world, going into the into the Sinai Peninsula and finding themselves stuck at the water. They were they were at a trial at, at there right at the at the water of the Red Sea, kind of hemmed in on both sides, and they were baptized through the water into the covenant that they would enter with God at Sinai. 
Now, we find this actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2, when Paul says, we are all were baptized in Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And so this baptism becomes, and is the same with Noah's flood. Noah's flood was considered a baptism as well. And, and so the Bible makes these allusions. But also Joshua, when he brought them to this Jordan River to go across to the promised land, they went through the midst of the Jordan River once again, a baptism from the wandering in the wilderness into the promised land. And now Jesus turns that in reverse order, takes the opposite route, goes down to the Jordan River. He is baptized in the river. And then what does he do? He gets out on the wrong side. Promised land on this side, wilderness of sin on that side, and Jesus gets out on that side and wanders out into the wilderness where the children of Israel would would wander for 40 years, Jesus would go out there to wander now as a typology for 40 days. Facing the same temptations, facing the same trials, and it would be this context that would frame this entire event in Jesus' life and ministry to succeed where the children of Israel had failed. To really succeed, actually, where even Adam and Eve had failed, as we see that the temptations mirror that of the temptation in the garden when Adam and Eve would take the fruit and eat it. And so we'll look at that as we look at this passage in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. When he came to the water, he, he would be something new. It's the same as Jesus. I mean, you think about this. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that even though he was in the form of God, did not consider Robert to be equal with God, he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a servant, coming in the likeness of man, and being found in the pres- in the image of a man, or the, I can't remember the word, he, he humbled himself to be a servant, and, and even to death, the death of the cross. So this is what Jesus did. He laid aside his deity when he came into Mary's womb, he became a man, came through the water of childbirth, and became a man, laying aside his deity. Now he's gone through the water of baptism into his ministry to become what God had called him to be, dying to who he was. And I think that that's significant. It reminds me of the Scottish missionary, James Chalmers, who was taken to the shores of New Guinea. He was, he was, he was tenacious about his, his love for Jesus. He wanted to share the, the, the love of Jesus with these cannibalistic tribes. And as they got there, the ship's captain became fearful. And, and he, he begged him, don't do it. Don't go to that island. Do not get off on that shore. They will kill you and they will eat you. And James Chalmers looked at him and he said, it's okay. We died before we came here. We died before we came here. And, and so too, Jesus would die before he entered into this ministry. He would die before he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And so too, we must die as Christians. But notice, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that was driving him there. We come to crisis no different. We die as a sim- and our symbolism is the same as we are baptized, we are being buried with Christ, and we come out of the water, and we are to live in newness of life, filled with the Holy Spirit, 
and, and resurrection power in our lives. And so the baptism being the burial and coming out of the water representing the resurrection and then to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just like Paul would say to the Galatians in Galatians 2.20. He says, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is what the Christian life is supposed to be. In verse 2 it says, In being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. This is interesting to me. Here we see Jesus led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he was tempted. However, Matthew gives us a, a different perspective. Actually, this is what Matthew says. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Notice that? To be tempted by the devil. When, when the devil tempts us, God has a purpose in it. The devil never tempts you beyond what you are able that God will not make a way out, right? We know that from Paul's letters to the Corinthians. We, we, can, we will always have a way past the temptation. But we also know that God is not going to allow temptation, or there is, rather, there is no temptation that's going to come upon us that is not allowed by God. Now, I want you to know this. This is important to understand as Christians, that temptation is not sin. You can't stop temptation to come into your head any more than you could stop somebody from blaspheming in your presence. You can push that person away and say, hey, I don't want to hear that, or you can walk the other direction, but you can't, you can't stop temptation any more than you can stop a five-year-old from squirting you with a squirt gun. It's going to happen. It's what you do after that that's important. It's what you do with the temptation. I think a lot of times the enemy will tempt us. He'll say, oh, look at that, or do that, or what do you think about that? And then all of a sudden you're thinking about that, and then he says, you awful Christian, I can't believe you'd think something like that. And we feel condemned because we have a temptation. No, temptation is not that initial feeling. It's the dwelling on it, maybe. Or maybe it's the acting upon it. And so we have to understand temptation itself is not sin. But we also have to understand that God allows this in our lives for our perfection. Remember, there's always not just the, the to know God and the power of His resurrection, but there's also the fellowship of his sufferings, to be conformed into the image of his death. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.